Alright guys, welcome to episode 24 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today we are going to be talking about songs that either ruin or dampen an amazing album. Um, we're going to talk about some what we've been playing, what we've been watching. Um, we're going to talk about uh, our opinions on some voice acting. And also, a certain criminal has struck again. <laughs> But first, Start, let's start with songs that ruin or dampen an otherwise amazing album. Yes. Okay. So, oh, you you start. Yeah. You, so you open. Yeah. So my my think my thinking of this, it's like an album that it was a little bit harder than I thought because for me, like it's an album that I have to know frontwards and backwards, or like at least pretty well, so that then whenever I listen to the song, I just always go like, okay, let's just hit the next, you know, like. Right, like I don't, mm-hmm. um, yep. I don't listen to it, or like even if I do listen to it, I'm like, well, that was. Uh, it's kind of like, well, this is, uh, this is when I go use the bathroom. Like if you're watching a TV show, and right, like it's like, yeah, right. And so, um, yes, yeah, so that was my criteria for this one. So I can so, start. Yeah. So for me, when I was going through it, mm-hmm. I have, I have two. All right. So here's one of my problems: is that when I, like, I feel like I've flip on either end of the spectrum which is that like it seems like a lot of albums i looked at and remember fondly mm-hmm. but had like three or four tracks that i was like skip or mm-hmm. it was like certain albums like i remember looking into track list for like good kid mad city and i can't remember the name of it now but i remember thinking there was one that i was like eh, i could take or leave but the thing is, is it didn't like damper the album for me at all like the right, album was, was so like... good mm-hmm. that it was just like a lull and yeah. like that that was the same way I'm trying to think of another song that I like another album I was thinking of but like I, there were a couple where I like thought of the album and was like it's like it's like a low I, it's like a lull but it's not it doesn't like do anything like my in my head the album isn't worse for it right so there yeah. are on the other hand like I did choose I found two that kind of did that for me mm-hmm. and then my last one I'm actually not super crazy about the album, but the album has some, like, is so good at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's, and then it's like, there's a couple of iffy songs, but, like, overall, I still view the album well. And then there was a song I was so excited for and just fucking played it. And I was like, what the fuck happened? And, like, it, immediately the rest of the album, I was like, I can't believe that song turned out so poorly. Like, every time I think of that album, I'm <laughs> like, why did that song go so bad? Um, but we'll get to that. And the other yeah. thing I wanted to say was, it's like, do you think do you think a bad song can, like, ruin an album anymore? I feel yeah. like I feel like with how easy it is to just skip, like, mm-hmm. whatever you want or, like, make a playlist on Spotify and you just leave that song out. I see. I think so. Like you're saying, like you're saying, you know, it's like albums that you like. And I think for me, for me to know an album really well enough to be like, this song sucks, but the rest are awesome. I have to really like the album to put have put time into it to like get to know it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I think I mentioned on here before how like I'm not very good at like being like, wow, I love this album on the first listen because right. I I need it to like pop up on shuffle. I need people to like talk about it. I need to like sort of grow over time. So I never. The closest is maybe like a month out. I'll be like, "Wow, this this album was amazing." It always right. takes a lot of time, a long time for me. So, from I agree with you completely. Where it's like none of these are like, "Wow, this album sucks for it." It's mm-hmm. more just like, "Wow, that's kind of a lull." Like that was they could have easily cut that out. Or you know, right. an example that I think I used last week or that we talked about when we were discussing the topic right. um, off air was, you know, they could have easily easily replaced it with another one that came out for free around the same time. Right. Um. But uh, but yeah, but if you want, I can get started. All right, you can get it. What's your going. What's your first one? So so I have three. 
And okay. one of them, it's like, God, this song fucking sucks, man. Like, this is terrible. One, it's like, mm-hmm. this song's pretty bad. And then one, it's like, this song's, people like it. I don't, I, could, I skip it every time. Okay. So I'm going to jump around. I'm not going to go in, a specific, in, in, in an order, but I will go with my first one, which is one that's like, wow, this song isn't very good. And that's Barry Bonds from Graduation. Right. So this uh, is not your, wow, this song fucking sucks. No, right? this is <laughs> my, this song is okay. like, ugh. especially for an album that doesn't have many um, uh, songs. It's only, I think only like 11 or 12. But yeah, it's it's uh, Barry Bonds from Graduation by Kanye West featuring Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, dude, like, so... It's also like a like a disappointment from the expectation from it. This is two thousand seven right. Kanye West, right? This is mm-hmm. two thousand seven Lil Wayne. This is like dedication, the drought Lil Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. And they come out with this song about oh, here's another hit, Barry Bonds. Yeah. I Little Wayne's terrible in that song. <laughs> Kanye is serviceable. Yeah. Little Wayne is awful like you could you could put another person on that song and if they had a great verse you'd be like that song's all right like uh, like kanye's part isn't so terrible and like the rest of the song isn't so irredeemable that like you know there's nothing that could have saved it but little wayne comes and just drops a steaming hot pile of dog shit for a (laughs) verse dude it's awful and he does his little doesn't he do his like fucking awful little like voice I know that sounds stupid, but it's like little, like, like, I mean, little Wayne. Like, you like my little Wayne impression? I sound like a fucking asshole, bro. But, like, I, I think little Wayne phones. We out of here, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's no fucking good, bro. His <laughs> verse is terrible. Yeah. And it sucks because I do think this album is a classic. But I think unlike his other three classics, I think this is one where the songs, there has some songs that are, like, egregiously, like, what is this doing on here? And this is probably this tied with uh, Drunken Hot Girls. Drunken Hot Girls, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was gonna put that on mine, but I decided against it. But yes, I'm so happy that's the one you went with. Yeah. God, fuck that song. Yeah, that dude, song but... is also terrible. You know what the problem with Drunken Hot Girls is? It'd be perfect if it was if it was just an interlude, but that shit goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Why is it so long? Yeah, give me like a little like minute long like Rihanna type like drunk like you know maybe like acapella maybe right sort of being like it's a party you know but then it just goes on and on. It's like Jesus, does this song ever end, bro? The opposite of the last topic or last topic we had, where like songs were were longer. Yeah, that yeah. shit needs to be cut down to like thirty <laughs> seconds, bro. Uh, but yeah, so that's my first one, Barry Bonds from Graduation. It could have easily been Drunken Hot Girls. I just, uh, it's just here's another hit, Barry Bonds, and I was like, okay, like, I guess, all right. Okay, so my next one, um, let's see, which one do I want to go with? So I'm gonna stick with. This one I just don't like, and I don't know if it's because I'm predisposed to, like, not predisposed, that's not the right word. I generally like very fast-paced and aggressive shit, mm-hmm. and this album is full of nothing but very fast-paced and aggressive shit, and then all of a sudden, you get this joint, so it's it's New Day on Watch the Throne, and, like, it's just so slow, and, like, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't fit where it's at on the album to me. Like, it just, I feel like they had this song and they decided they wanted it. But, like, if you're telling me that goes between, like, it goes, Liftoff is iffy, but it's the very beginning of the album. Like, it's the second track on the album. So, like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you got um, Them in Paris, um, which goes mm-hmm. so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Otis, which goes so hard. Gotta Have It, which I like. Then New Day, which is like just like this kind of like soul slowful like thing. To mm-hmm. that's my bitch, but like it's like <laughs> it's such a like random dip. Like where did yeah? And then the, Welcome to the Jungle, Who Gonna Stop Me? Like it's like all this aggressive shit, and then randomly it's just like no, nah, here's New Day, like right in the middle, and I'm like, what? This should have gone on the end with like the deluxe, like where it's like Why I Love You, and like you know, like near um, the end of the album. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I can see that. I don't know why it's stuck right here in the middle. And every time I get to it, I'm like, skip, dude. I don't want to hear this right now. It's definitely my bottom bottom half of the songs that I, that from that album for me. Like, it's in the bottom half. But I do love the line, you know, he's like, I might even make him make make him be Republican so everybody know he loves white people. Yeah. (laughs) Except now. Except now. (laughs) Except now that he died in a tragic (laughs) angle. 
Uh, uh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I love that line when it came out. Now I'm like, eh. oh, now he's become <laughs> eerily prescient. He was talking about himself the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the prophecy. Um, yeah. Whew. All right. But yeah, so that's mine. And that's right. that's one that I don't think is terrible. No. I don't think that's a terrible song. But like, it doesn't fit well on the album. And like, every time I'm hearing it, it's just like, I don't, like, I just skip it instantly. And like, I, I have no remorse or regret about like skipping that song. Mm-hmm. So, okay. what's cool, your next cool. one? Yeah, so my next one is actually the one that I fucking hate. And I know for a fact that my opinion is shared by a lot of people who love this album. So mine is Light is Coming featuring Nicki Minaj from the album Sweetener by Ariana Grande. So for a little bit of back, back sort of backstory to it, um, Sweetener uh, came out in 2018. And it's, I think it's her third or fourth album, but it's also a very distinct sound change for her. It goes from being sort of uh, techno pop to this sort of, um, how can I say? It's produced by Pharrell. The majority of it is produced by Pharrell. Right. So if you know Pharrell's sound, you know what it sounds like, and you know sort of what to expect. It's like a lot of clanking. You know what I'm saying? Like like clips. Yo, you know, I, right? There's there's a this is unrelated. Someone pointed out to me. I saw in a video where they were talking about Pharrell, um, opening songs, and like they're like all of Pharrell. Like every time he opens a song. He like he plays like the first half and then the beat drop three times in a row without yeah. fail and then like plays the rest of it and I was like yeah oh you're like, right because that's exactly ding, how grinding ding, starts ding, <laughs> ding, 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 or whatever right yeah yeah and that happens in a bunch of her songs in this album as well especially one I think one called REM so he handles I would say like sixty percent of it and right. so she won a Grammy for it for best pop album he won a Grammy for it for best producer of the year which included like other songs but a majority from this album mm-hmm. um it's my favorite album by her has my favorite songs by her but dude early on there is this fucking song called light is coming with Nicki minaj mm-hmm. it's not because she because of Nicki, but it, the dude it is the most aggravating beat ever it is like the worst thing that you can expect <laughs> from, from pharrell it's this he, he I, I found out where it comes from it's this like council meeting where this guy goes, he wouldn't let anybody speak. And he just repeats that again and again. So, but it's not like, it's not like smooth, like Otis, right? You know, right. or he, or when you repeat With certain the, phrases. Ah, ah, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, like yeah that, that exactly. Goes so hard. It's not chopped. It's just, he literally took what a guy said and just repeats it over and over and over. Um, And it's just, it's, it's, I don't understand how Pharrell thought this was a good idea at all. Um, I mean, Nikki has a okay verse, and Ariana sounds great, but just, dude, like, every time it comes on, skip every time. Every single time. Um, and it hasn't grown on me, which... It, it, which <laughs> I've listened to the song for years, I've tried to like it, it's I've terrible. tried to like it, because there are songs where that has happened. There was a song on uh, uh, Rodeo by Travis Scott from 2015 with Kanye West called Piss on Your Grave. Have you ever heard it? I have not. It's like a, it's very rock. It's pretty much a rock song. And when I first heard it, you just hear Kanye going, piss on your grave. And I'm like, when I first heard it, it was like, skip this song every time. This song fucking sucks. I hate this song so much, dude. This is the rest of the album. is great. The song sucks. But now I fucking love it. I think the album is better because of it. I think it sounds great. I think exactly what it's doing in terms of a rock song. I think it's perfect. It fits exactly where it needs to go. And I I guess maybe I have time to go with this one, but every time, dude, I listen to Sweetener, I'm just like, the light is coming, and then there it goes, because I'm changing the shit so fast. <laughs> the light is coming, and it's gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my girlfriend, Sydney, she shares the exact same opinion, and I've talked to like three or four other people who love Sweetener, who all say the same thing. I'm like, hey, light is coming, trash, right? And they're like, yeah, that song fucking sucks, man. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to listen to this album. I'm going to listen to this album. I don't even really like Ariana Grande's music. I'm going to listen to this album just to see if that song is really as bad. I'm going to, like, make sure my phone's face down so I don't know, like, when it's coming. Oh, when it you comes know? out? Yeah, I'm just going to... No, hold on. I, All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I got I to gotta play it. Because it's just... It, it makes... it. it, 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 it the reason I also think it, it fits this list is because not only because, you know, it's a bad song, but because of how good the album is and the accolades that came with it. And mm-hmm. then it's just like this turn right in the middle. Right. Okay, Pharrell. No. <laughs> and it's just that. Uh. And it's that. And it's like, 
And then you share, we don't let anybody speak. I'm like, oh, Pharrell, what the here. fuck? Got that shit the fuck off. Oh, oh God. Yeah, so that's my number two. All right, so my number two is going to be um, a song that, let's see. Okay, so this one for me is another one where it's just kind of, like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I just was like, it's such a departure from, I feel like, everything else I heard. And, like, every time I hear it, like... <laughs> I feel like a dog that just, like, turns his head sideways. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's like, what the fuck? Is, why is this on here? And it's Get It from Finally Famous. And isn't it also a Pharrell song? I do I believe. Think I think so. I, I'm, like, 80% <laughs> yeah, sure is, a Pharrell it produced it. <laughs> Yo, Dude, and it sucks, you because uh, I love Pharrell. He's right? My favorite so do producer. I. <laughs> I think, I mean, well, I mean, well, Kanye West is different because he's, like, he is like the producer rapper one, right? right. Pharrell, I like it because you can listen to somebody's album and you you'll hit a Pharrell song and your mind goes Pharrell, right? Because right? he has such a distinct sound. Right. And but yeah, so this but <laughs> two back to back songs. Nah, nah, I'm gonna song check. I'm gonna check. Go ahead. Good bro. No, I'm 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 almost positive that's what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I just for whatever reason like the rest of this album's great. And like this song is just an instant like skip for me, and I don't I don't know what it is. It's just like nothing in this song does it for me. It, it just like I I might as well, and I'm looking through the lyrics right now. Definitely a Donald Trump line. So again, yeah, that's with the DT. Yeah, because you put get it, and it, the oh, title yeah. is get it parentheses DT parentheses. Oh no. Yeah, no, that's no good. So now I feel even better about hating this song, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's the, the Neptunes. They produced the... <laughs> it's, yeah, I, what the fuck, man? It's terrible. Um, but yeah, I just... I 100% can just leave this song behind. Mm. There's there's no redeeming qualities for you. Like, I'm not like, well, you know, at least... Blah, blah, it's nothing. No. Just instant skip. And I was talking to Sydney about it because it actually came up on Shuffle a couple weeks ago. And it's starting... And I, I mean... I skip it too. I, I, I share your opinion. And it's starting, and I'm like, oh, do you see what, you know, you see the, the song title on right there on the screen? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, you see, you know what the DT stands for? And she's like, no. And I'm like, it's Donald Trump. He says that. And she's like, no, he doesn't. And I'm like, yeah, listen to it. He goes, getting Donald Trump money. And she's like, has that always been there? I'm like, yeah, that's been there since 2011. Woo. Boy, that's our president. All right. So hopefully not much longer. All right. So what's 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 your next song? Yeah. Uh, my next one is the one that I think most people like. I just always skip it. And I, when I was coming up with this list, this one's probably the one that I probably would have taken off and just put Drunken Hot Girls, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to do two from the same album. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Stop Trying to Be God from Astroworld by Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I think most people really like it. It's just... The whole album comes to a fucking grinding halt right at tracks. I think it's like six or seven. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's got like a, a Stevie Wonder like harmonica bit and it's like really slow. Um, and I mean, I think if, if it was toward the end, it might fit a little better as right. it sort of wraps everything up. But putting it in the middle after I think this one called No Bystanders is right before it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like fucking just hype. The bass hits right in the last 40 seconds, right? And then you just go to this like slow harmonica song about, you know, not trying to uh, make yourself bigger than you are. And then it's uh, like, a, I think it's got like a Charlie Wilson solo. Mm-hmm. And then it just, the whole album just fucking grinds to a halt. Um, but yeah, but I, but I I think it's okay. I like it just okay. But I could totally right. just snip it, cut it right out. Right, it's it, and like the thing is, is I rem- also no one's going to Travis Scott for that kind of song. Like exactly. no one's like, I want to hear a like slow meandering, just kind of like chill song. Like I think I'm gonna listen to Travis Scott. That's not what you're going to Travis exactly. Scott for. Or or if you put it, you put it, you know, at the end when he's like, right, right, thank you everybody for coming out. Stop yeah. trying to be God. I hope you had fun at this concert tonight. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like exactly. All right. Yeah. No. I just like why? Would, yeah. Why throw that in the middle of? the album and that is one thing that i know we both mentioned a kanye song so far and i i he's gonna have an appearance still um but like that's one thing kanye i feel like does an amazing job of like all of his shit is track listed so well in all of his albums like mm-hmm. th- like it always seems to flow coherently from one to the end like there's never this random like this song doesn't fit here you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah like, even the songs i'm not crazy about like 
Like, I'm trying to think, like, if I'm really being honest about, like, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, like, there's some songs I can take or leave, but they're all, like, near the very end of the album where I feel like, you know, it's just kind of, like, winding down anyways. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I think we were talking about that as as when you were talking... That was the song that I was mentioning earlier right. about how we, you know, he could have easily cut out... Um, What's the song? Hell of a Life. I Blame Game. Hell of a Life, yeah. Which is just, it's a perfectly fine song. I think right. Blame Game is a little bit more important to the story of the album. But um, Hell of a Life, he could have chopped that out, put in Christian Dior and Flo from Good right. Fridays or my personal favorite, Looking for Trouble, mm-hmm. um, or any of the other ones from that album that I think I think about half of those free songs are better than... Um, than than uh, that Hell of a Life. Hell of a Life, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and to, to uh, you know entice the people a little bit, our two-hour special is coming. Oh, in a few weeks. Fucking lootly! Ain't nobody gonna listen to that full thing. Everyone's gonna be like, "God <laughs> damn, they're still talking they about this album." They've already <laughs> talked enough about this album. <laughs> no, nah, never. There will never be enough talking about this album. There's like that meme from uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn Nine Nine, and it's like Terry Crews talking to um, I forget the the old black actor and he's like sir you've already told us the story and the guy goes and you'll hear it again that's how I feel about this fucking album I'm like sir we've already heard about this album it's like and you're gonna fucking hear me talk about it for two hours that's a hundred percent true because it is legitimately I would say the best album I've ever heard in my life oh yeah it's still my favorite I mean after everything that's happened and everything that's gone it's it's yeah, it sucks. yeah, we'll get into it in a few weeks. We'll have topics. We'll go song by song. Get ready. Uh, you know, don't say we didn't warn you when it happens. Yeah, uh, but um, what is your last song? Okay, so my last song is a song off of At Long Last ASAP. So I feel like if I remember correctly. So is this the mixtape or is this the album? Because I always mix them up in terms of like, because Long Last ASAP this, and the other ones live long ASAP. And I always mix yeah, up. The, the album is At Long Last ASAP. I believe okay. um, this one came after um, mm-hmm. long live ASAP was the first one. I, I remember like listening to ASAP Rocky's like a full project from him. But mm-hmm. so if I remember correctly, uh, long live ASAP came out. That's the one with uh, Goldie. Um, uh, fucking prob. No, no, no. it's uh, not Goldie. It, there's the other song that's really popular from it. It's fucking it, and I love it too because it, it's that's why I remember that album because it's it's that one two punch of Goldie and something else. I know Wild for the Nights on there. That one's really solid. Uh, oh boy, I'm fucking. Let's look at this trackless riveting contest podcast. Wait, what the uh, fuck is Goldie? Is Goldie not from the mixtape? No, it's from a studio album. Oh, I see, dude. I forgot. I mixed them up. Yeah, one train. Oh yeah, one train. One fucking problem. Fucking You're problems. right. It is fucking yeah. problem. Goldie yeah. is in that one. For some okay. reason, I thought Goldie was on his mixtape. But anyway, sorry. Continue. Okay, so at long last ASAP, I feel like there was a long gap between long live ASAP and at long last ASAP. So like everyone was super hyped when it started coming out. So the the album starts. You got Holy Ghost, which is just like a little intro track, but still is great. Canal Street's great. Fine Wines okay. LSD I usually skip. Excuse Me is really good. Mm-hmm. JD is a very short song that goes super hard. Lord Pretty Flacco Jody is also another one that goes super hard. Electric Body, which has my which is favorite a nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah, my ass, my oh my god, it came a turn out. That shit kills and me I, every time. And I think Schoolboy Q's voice sound is a better fit for that song than ASAP's. I think oh, his absolutely. voice is so good. <laughs> It's a borderline, like, boozy, sort of, like, um, kind of effeminate, like, snare on that beat. It sounds so good. Yeah, it's so great. And then, the next song comes on. Track 9. Jukebox joints. And I'm like, alright. And I see that it has Kanye West on it. And I'm like, oh boy. At the time, I'm super big into ASAP. Obviously love Kanye West because it's before he lost his fucking mind. And I'm like, this shit's gonna be a banger. And so I turn it on. And I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, this is really not fucking doing it for me. And like the whole time I listen to ASAP's verse, I'm like, this is not great. This is not my shit. I, I'm powering through it to listen to this Kanye verse that I'm a thousand percent sure is going to go super hard. And so I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it. 
and I'm like, oh boy, Kanye's coming on, hated the rest of the song, but this is where it's going to totally come back and redeem itself. And then he drops the worst verse of all time. My <laughs> man is terrible on this song. I have no idea what the fuck happened. The, the, the penultimate where I was like, ugh, and like died, like my soul left my body while listening to this fucking verse, is he says, uh, hey bitch, you missed out. Hashtag FOMO. I got one child, one child, but I'm fucking, fucking, fucking like I'm trying to make FOMO. And I was like, he he says FOMO like four more in the waist. Like, FOMO. And I'm like, get out, bro. I'm, I'm so fucking done with this song, bro. We should have seen the signs. <laughs> we should have. This it's like was, a school shooter. It's like he was, you know, he was putting out shitty verses and he was doing whoopty poopty scoops and. Oh, God. You know, I still... <laughs> oh, God. The Poopty Scoop song, I understand it's a joke, but I still feel like he thinks it's actually kind of great. Um, <laughs> that's that's my stance on that. But, yeah. My man, my man said hashtag FOMO. Oh, God, bro. Get out of here. Terrible. <sighs> but, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, that that's uh, those are the songs that dampen an album, but... Maybe don't ruin it, but just sort of go like, make you go like, ugh. Or at least make you click that skip button. Let's put it this way. They're obviously, the album's good enough for us to remember the album. And Mm -hmm. the song is very obviously terrible enough that we were like, get that song out of here. Like when you, when you, when you put this topic on the thing, we all were like, fucking, hey, you were like, uh, Barry Bonds. We both were like, drunk and hot girls. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, you obviously were like, let's get this Ariana Grande song out of here. So shitty. So, like, they don't ruin the album, but for it to still, like, stick out, you know what I mean? It's it means they do damage fucking to it, bad. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. All right. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's our that's our music topic for the day. Um, so, but, yeah, so your songs were Barry Bonds, Light Is Coming, featuring Nicki Minaj, and Stop Trying To Be God. And mm-hmm. then mine were New Day get it um and jukebox joints which so our <laughs> as much as we love pharrell and kanye both of our lists feature healthy <laughs> yeah. Both. Uh, so yeah um i guess when you have that many bangers you're gonna fall short a couple times that's all mm-hmm. there is to it um so yeah so let's go to what we've been watching and or playing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i actually i so i finished i think was the boys last week so that's done mm-hmm. and i started um the haunting of bly manor on netflix but i i don't i'm not far enough to sort of have a strong opinion about it i'm still working through it uh but what i did do is that i finished finally the game the video game uh batman arkham knight from 2015 it's the last installation of their batman trilogy um and i finally finished it and i i played arkham asylum in arkham city years ago Mm -hmm. almost 10 years ago I i played both of them pretty much back to back and then I never got a chance to play the 2015 one, the last Arkham Knight, uh, until just now. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's pretty much the same game from before. Combat's a little better. Um, the you get the Batmobile in this one, which is awesome. I think it. I think it is probably my favorite Batmobile mm-hmm. um, of any sort of of anything of a movie of a TV show. Just because I think it's the perfect mix of tank and like that slick, sleek, yeah. Like yeah. sports car kind of deal going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it looks heavy. It's like a fucking tank. It, 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 it had it. I killed people. I mean, there's no way I didn't kill people, um, <laughs> blowing them up with their cars and shit. No, you're um, Batman. You don't kill people. Like when you hit them, you go in like 100 miles per hour, and you hit them with like when you hit somebody, they just shocks them. And I'm like, no, his insides are goo. Like that, <laughs> it's over. Um, but I liked it. I mean, the, the story was great. I I was compelled by it. Like I liked it. Um, the look is great. Um, I what I was just a little bit disappointed in is that it looks like they took a lot of detail in designing every single part of the city very specifically, so that it has a specific look. Mm-hmm. But I think because all of the game takes place at night and it's raining and all of Gotham looks the same, it all ends up kind of just mushing together. So when right. I'm in one island, I'm like, well, this one has like a little bit different lights than the other one. But overall, it looks the same. Right. You're getting um, the uh, Zack Snyder special. Yeah, exactly. And so I, <laughs> I feel kind of bad because it's like they clearly put a lot of effort into every single little crevice in here. And I um, uh, like, can't really appreciate it because it doesn't look that different. Um but I will say, okay. I, after I finished it, I was fucking pissed. 
because <laughs> I, so for me, when I finish a video game, I always, always, always watch the credits. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, for me, it's like a way to mentally go, that is over. You know, no matter how right. long the credits are, like GTA 5s took like fucking 20 minutes. I think The Last of Us 2s were like 15 minutes because they're just huge, right? Mm-hmm. But I always watch them because I like having it be over in my mind, especially right. if it's an open world game because you could just go on forever. Right. And then for this one, the story ends, but for you to, quote, finish the game, you have to get all of these little Riddler trophies. Mm-hmm. And then you have to beat his stupid races that are insanely difficult. And I fucking gave up after like an hour of trying. <laughs> and so I'm there like the game ends and he's like, good job. You saved the city, Batman. And he goes, all right, I just need to do one more thing before I initiate Nightfall. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Fuck this. I'm not doing this. I, give me the credits, asshole. Like, I just, just let me be, let me be done with it. Right. Um, <sighs> but it is a very enjoyable game. If you are not like me, where that bothers you. I, I definitely recommend it. I think I bought it for like five bucks on the PlayStation Network. Um, so I'm right. sure it's that cheap. And it's it's awesome. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's it's like the best of that kind of like Spider-Man, Batman game you can get. Right. Uh, I might have to check that out. I played like the Arkham Asylum was the first one, right? Yeah. I think I mm-hmm. played it. Um, when it came out and then didn't play any of the others. And I'm sure on PlayStation there's like a collection by now. So I yeah. might have to check that out and actually play those. Yeah, um, and City was great. Like I remember playing City um, in 2011, or I, I think when it came out, and it was like I just remember spending hours and hours on it. Because it I think it's a little bit more open world than Arkham Asylum. Okay. Um, but in the story, like it's like you get to play against everybody. You fucking fight the penguin dr freeze the joke so like or mr Mr. freeze um you get scarecrow clayface the joker all of it so it's a great story um i don't i think in terms of being like a whoa that was amazing i think i was more blown away by that one then than Mm -hmm. this one now but it's still pretty good okay um i've been playing shadow of war which is a uh lord of the rings game um Mm. shadow of mordor first i remember that one and then Shadow I never of War, played it, but I remember sequel. that one. So it's got this really cool system in it called the Nemesis system, which is basically like it, it, they're in, it's in both of them, Mordor and War. And um, basically, like, there's an army of orcs. Like, obviously, there's orcs everywhere. It's like the standard grunt enemy you kill. It's just like random orcs. But then there's like these captain orcs, and then mm-hmm. you have like the uh, overlord orcs. And so, mm-hmm. like, every overlord has like three guards. And then a bunch of captains underneath them. Um, and so you can, like, each captain has special weaknesses, but like, you know, strengths, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And you and you find, like, weak orcs that you can interrogate for info on them. And then you can, like, either dominate them or kill them and, like, weaken yeah. the guards' defenses. But mm-hmm. one thing that's really cool is that, like, if, a random, if you're just in a fight with a bunch of them and a random orc kills you, like, yeah. just a random one. He then gets promoted to captain, and it's, like, in your little menu, you see it happen. You see this, like, random orc just got promoted to captain. They give him, like, whatever set of weaknesses and strengths. Give him a name. You can, when you dominate them, they become yours, so you can, like, send them to spy on other guards. The the people in the army themselves will, like, the captains will fight to prove themselves to try and move up. You know what I mean? Like, it's all this really cool stuff. It's, like, a living, breathing, you know army that like you are also having to deal with it's it's a really cool unique system That's pretty cool and then like like some of the captains will have like one of the perks will be tracker and mm-hmm. like you'll just be walking around and all of a sudden one will show up where you're at and it's like oh i was not prepared to do this like That's i was in the middle cool. of something i need to get the fuck out of here it's so, like um like being like wanted in red dead or something right it's kind of like that and it's there's just a lot of stuff going on it's it's a lot of intricacies in it. It's very well done. Um, and that's uh, the case in both. And I beat Mordor forever ago when it came out. And War's been out for a very long time. And I started War like four times. And every time just like couldn't like just got bored with it or something else very big came out. Like my, mm-hmm. my problem is I'll start single player games mm-hmm. and then like a brand new like, big multiplayer game will come out. And so it's like, oh, I'm going to play with my friends on this. And then, like, by that amount of time that I'm, like, tired of that game, I'm not 
I'm not into the single player experience that I was in before. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not mentally there still. So like I end up dropping it and going back to something else. But for right now, I've been back into it. I've gotten further than I have in the past. So hopefully I'll eventually finish it. But so far it's been really good. It There's not a whole lot of improvement over the first, in my opinion. I think it's just bigger and there's more of it. But mm-hmm. like the first was so solid that I don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you... Would you recommend the first one? Because I saw it, I think, on the PlayStation Store, and I was like, I should get that because I always heard great things. And any time that a game gets re-released as, like, Game of the Year, I'm always like, oh, like, it must have been pretty good. I should have checked it out. Do you – would you recommend it, or do you think it's kind of yeah, like, I eh. think it's. I think it's very good. Um, it's got a decent story. The, the newer one seems to have a worse story, so I don't really know what was – what has happened. It's just, like it's, – it's too open. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I feel like I'm done, but there's, like, way more left to do, so I don't really know where I'm missing it. You know what I mean? And there's That's... no – because there's no pinpoint, like, hey, go here. Like, I, I'm just like, I don't really know what else I'm doing now. Yeah, that's how I felt with God of War. I'm like, this thing is so big, I don't – like, I don't know what to do after I finish the story because it's like – I know there's, like, things to do, but I'm like, but the I thing go to is, another realm? Like... Right, but at least God of War, the story is long. The part that it feels like the story so far in this game was mm-hmm. extremely short and like an oh, hour and okay. a half. And I feel like I'm done and like still have a bunch of shit to do in like whole areas I haven't visited yet. But like I don't I don't see any obvious lane of where to go or how it ties in. And there are games like that, like Dark Souls is like famously just like open like you can go into an area you're not prepared to go into yet clear it out and like all the there's not really a story as much as there's a lot of lore and Mm -hmm. through all the lore you're supposed to kind of infer what your character is actually doing Mm -hmm. um but this isn't like that because there is story like dark souls doesn't have story so you're you know going into it that you're taking the pieces of lore and making a story based on context clues right yeah this has like a, a cgi acted story and it's just super short and like now i'm not sure what to do anymore <laughs> so it's like it's kind of like the game is still great but like that part of it just is kind of terrible and i'm like i don't really know what's going on here so i'm gonna just keep playing it and eventually i'll figure it out but the first one i do think is good it has a lot of the same combat features as like arkham the arkham games do mm-hmm. um so i think you'll be okay um as far as like being familiar with it, I don't think yeah. it'll it's it's gonna be too weird to throw anybody. Um, but it's definitely very good if you can find it cheap. I would absolutely play it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely want to check it out. Um, or at least Shadow of Mordor because I was looking for like like the best single player games of like the last decade. It's just like on list, and that was one of them. And I was like, I think I saw that for like five bucks, but then I think I ended up getting something else. It might have been Uncharted Four, or maybe Arkham Knight that I ended up getting instead. Um, right. Yeah, I fin- I actually started Rise of the Tomb Raider like a, a oh, day okay. or two ago, but uh, I'm not. I'm like an hour in, so I don't really have a feel of if it's good or not, or if right. I'm enjoying it too much. Right, I got you. So that's that's what I've been playing. Um, cool. What I want to go over is what mm-hmm. I've been watching, and I watched a lot of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Hell yeah! And, Sweet. And as I said before, anime is always sad, and I had. I literally cried at like a five minute fucking clip. And it was like in the middle of season two. Was it the, Tales from Bossing Se? Yes, bro. And it was fucking Uncle Eero's part yeah. or whatever. And bro, I legitimately cried like a bitch. I, I, first of all, my man is being so nice the whole clip. And he's singing like this kid's crying and he sings, he grabs a little guitar and sings like Soldier Boy Come Home. Mm-hmm. And, and at this point, you've already learned you know, that his son had died in the war. And that's like what basically call like made him call off the siege of Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. And so like he sings this song, soldier will come home to char like char or cheer up the kid. And like, it didn't click for me because I'm dumb because nothing in my head ever registers until it's blatantly forced in front of me. And so he, you know, he does a couple things. He, he like goes and gets tea or something like, you know what I mean? It's just like this generic, Oh, he tells a thief that he's a bad thief, gives him pointers on being a good thief, and then oh, yeah. sits uh, down uh. and has some tea with him. And like the guy's like, I don't think I'm gonna be a thief anymore. Um, and then he has his like picnic basket, all this stuff, and he's walking up to this random hill, like kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And instantly, before he even started like getting into it, like as he's walking up this hill, I was like, 
oh, this is about his son being dead. This is like his son's birthday or like the last time he died. And I was like, oh, the Soldier Boy Come Home song mm-hmm. is about his son being dead and not coming home. This is, I cried, dude, cried, tears. And I was just like, why has this got to be so fucking sad, bro? <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, that whole episode is probably top five. Yeah, like, it's so fucking, good. Fucking Momo, just a dumb little wind lemur, is like, has the most depressing ending visual, which is him sitting in fucking what is clearly supposed to be Appa's footprint in the ground, just in the rain, just like laying down in it. Yeah. And I was like, this is depressing, bro. And then uh, Zuko, right? He meets that girl. He goes on a date, right? Is that the same think, episode? Uh, I don't know if it is, but it's uh, it's close. It, I it's like right Zuko around does. the same time. Yeah, but I, I remember, remember his liking his a lot too. Right. His was good. Um... Yeah, they were all good, and it's just like, but his was super fucking depressing. I, like I said, I legitimately cried. Um, so yeah, uh, there was that. But that brings me to my next topic, which mm. is our best and worst voice acting. Mm. So I told you that my worst voice acting was going to be surprise. Yes. Have you figured it out yet? No, no, no. no. I, I was going to say let's go through them, and then you can just be like, boom, like this is it, and I catch my okay. reaction in real time okay all right so um, so do you want me to start with my best ones or do you want to start with your best ones i'll start so that you can end on surprise. yours okay yeah so my so my, my criteria are sort of kind of how i went going about these is like somebody whose voice is very good mm-hmm. but it fits the character perfectly almost to the right. point where like if i see the character like i if i hear the person now all I can think about is the character because of how good they were as that role. And I think right. some of that might be writing, but I do think a lot of that life is because their voice is very distinct, but it it fits the character like a fucking glove. It's perfect. Right. So my first best one, uh, we each have two bests or like our favorites, and then we each have one worst, um, is Jason Lee as Syndrome in The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the villain, of course, if you've seen yeah. The Incredibles. And I think he has such a great, like, fuck, like just asshole voice in this. And I right. think, and I, I, I think he, he voices the character as a kid as well. I don't think they changed anything. Or I think they might have pitched it up a little bit. But he sounds so good, and he's in his lines are he's such a great villain because he's such an asshole. But he sounds like I, I can't quite describe his voice. It's like nas- like not nasally a little bit, but it's a little like whiny, whiny kind of like almost mm-hmm. yeah. I like Jason Lee's voice, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and like the thing is, is it's funny because I, I, I don't know why it never even occurred to me that that was Jason Lee. I never like really even like it was obviously a familiar voice. And then I mm-hmm. saw when you put Jason Lee syndrome, I was like, oh, that's totally Jason Lee. I don't know how the fuck I missed it. Mm-hmm. But like, if anything, I feel like that's a testament to it being good voice acting. Like it, yes, like there's there's two levels. So it's like there's there's like the Frozone thing, right? Where Samuel Jackson, he was like. This is great because it's Samuel Jackson. Yes, and like, right. this, mm-hmm. like it has nothing to do with the character. It has nothing to do with the writing. It's just like it's Samuel Jackson being Samuel Jackson, so it's hilarious. And then like, but then like, I feel like there's a, it's a less. Hmm, I think it's. I think realistically, it's just better. Which is that like, we may recognize the voice, but it's still profoundly this character. Like, like, like when you hear Frozone, you go, this is Samuel Jackson. You yes. don't say, this is Frozone. Yes. When you hear Syndrome, you're like, this is Syndrome. And then someone's like, that's Jason Lee. And you're like, yeah, I know. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I, see, I, I, that's why I love Pixar still is because they still go with unknowns, you know, in their newer movies. Not always. I mean, they, you know, they had right. Amy Poehler as um, in Inside Out. And she played like, I think, Hope or like Happiness or something. Right. But that's like one of those where it's like, yeah, like when I think about happy, like perky, I think about Leslie Nope. I think about Amy Poehler, right? Right. So, but then they have like, um, you know, the, the people who are in Coco. I mean, that many of them, I mean, a couple of them are sort of well known, but most of them are relatively unknown. Yeah, I didn't know any of them off the top of my head. <laughs> and yeah. That great. And so I think they do such a great job of mixing both, like, you know, Samuel Jackson in The Incredibles, but then also Craig T. Nelson, who people know, you know, he's in that show Parenthood and stuff, but. Um, I think they let it fit just enough where it's not overwhelming, but then not so random that, you know, they don't have a very distinct pop, poppy voice. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually yeah. brings me to my best one, which is Tom Hanks as Woody. 
Tom Hanks is the most like I, I as maybe it's just because of the time, but like when I hear Woody, it, first of all, Tom Hanks' voice is extremely distinct, right? Like you mm-hmm. hear a mm-hmm. voice, you're like, "Oh, that's Tom Hanks," but like the whole time in the movie, it just feels like Woody. You know what I mean? Like it fits so perfectly to me. Yes, it, it's it's like and that whole movie seems to basically just be people whose voices are cast perfectly. I mean, like Buzz Lightyear kind of comes off as a dickhead at first, and that's why you got Tim Allen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but see, and I think that's a testament to how good Tom Hanks is as a as an actor, as a voice actor, is that, he, I mean, he's kind of a dickhead too, right? When he's super jealous of him early on. Right. I think if that's not played correctly, I think you lose Woody immediately. And then when they get lost together, you're like, Buzz needs to get away from this guy. This guy's an asshole. He's a psycho. He's jealous. You know, he's right. like fucking terrible. And I think that I, I've always read that, that that was their hardest part of the story. I mean, other than the animation was cracking Woody because for the longest time, he just came off as just a gigantic asshole. Yeah, I can see that 100 percent. And you're even supposed to get that because the other toys think he's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "What are you? Why are you being such a grumpy grimp?" And he makes no attempt to try to meet Buzz in the middle. And you just see him being just jealous, jealous. And he, then he tries to get him killed. Well, right. toy killed. Yeah, <laughs> toy killed. Um, but yeah, it, and, and Tom Hanks just nails it. It's like the that one to me is like off the top of my head, like the first one where I'm like, if I go back. You know, that's the first one where it's like, holy shit, to me, like, in my head, that, like, they fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, like, no, no yeah. doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so my next one is another Brad Bird movie. It is uh, Ratatouille, and it's uh, Patton Oswalt as Remy. Um, this is another one, that one of my all-time favorite movies, and I think he fits the role perfectly. He has this warmth that I think... Um, fits exactly who Remy is this he you know he's kind of stuck in between two worlds and I think Patton gives it uh, gives him such weight where when he's having his the arguments with his dad and then with himself and, and uh, well himself as Gusto, that you know you sort of he never comes off as whiny for not wanting to pick one of the two sides and I think he fits it perfectly um especially because you know as the movie goes on and you, we spend more time with Linguini he gets fewer lines because he doesn't do that like talking animal thing, which I fucking love. I love that they didn't do that. Any other DreamWorks would have been like, well, they can talk to each other through magic or whatever. But I right. love that he understands him, but he doesn't talk. You know, he just hears the little squeaks, right? I, I I love that, and I think, you know, I think like I said, any other lesser movie would have just had them talk to each other because why make it harder on yourself when you can just not? Right. Um. And Can I yes, on a secret. Yeah, I've never seen Ratatouille. <laughs> oh, dude, Ratatouille's amazing. It's so good. It's 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 top five Pixar. Um, it's hard to do a top five, especially we you know with Toy Story. But like right now, today, like right, like I'll do a quick t- top five. It's probably The Incredibles, um, Toy Story two, Ratatouille, uh, Up and Coco. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's top five, and it, I think it, it's probably. This and The Incredibles are like the two that will always be top five for me. Um, right. Especially the ending. Oh, the ending's so good. But anyway, uh, so as the movie goes on, he he has less, or he has fewer lines because the movie switches from his perspective to a half and half perspective. The right. other half being the human who's, you know, putting him in his hat to cook. Um, so it makes the lines that he does have way more valuable. And he nails it and Rambi they're all perfectly developed and his voice is just perfect for that character yeah I, I can definitely see that um mm-hmm. I don't know if Patton Oswalt has done a whole lot of other voice acting but it, to me it fits like that seems like something he would do mm-hmm. and and be good at um and I don't really know why I feel that way but he I, I don't know exactly what it is but I, I'm not surprised and I'll yeah. definitely have to check that out yeah, and it's definitely, I mean, it's kind of, it's pretty inspired casting, too, because, like, if you think, you're like, all right, we need a lead for a Pixar, you know, a $150 million Pixar movie, we'll, we'll get, uh, who's the biggest comedian of 2006? Uh, let's get Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell will be the, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. to, to, to be like, no, we need a voice that fits the story. It, I mean, it's a Pixar thing, but of course, but, you know, it's it's definitely commendable. And, I mean, the guy who plays Linguini, 
who does like the number two. He's like the number two in the in the role. He's just like some random guy who works at Pixar. I think he does like story or he done he done like some small side roles. So gotcha. um, it just shows like they think about like what the character needs first rather than like <laughs> DreamWorks. They just pick the biggest star <laughs> that they can think of. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's your second best one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So my second best one is uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Hamill. As the Joker. Um, and to me, that's another one where it's like, I up until very recently didn't realize that was Mark Hamill. And the moment I learned it was Mark Hamill, I was like, that's fucking great. Because that sounds like exactly what I imagined the Joker should sound like. Mm-hmm. That sounds like if you showed me a comic and I had never heard what that character was going to sound like before. And then you played me like three audio clips and one of them was Mark Hamill's Joker. I'd probably be like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Like that is is quintessentially like it's it's super high pitched and giddy and stupid, but like there's in the lines where he's doing something fucked up or like you know getting down to like what makes this a problem and not just like a joke. Mm-hmm. Like you can feel the like intensity, like you know what I mean. You can like there's a little bit of something underneath it, like the evil. You know what I mean. Like yeah. it's all laughing, but you have to like if you're gonna do a crazy laugh. You have to be able to sound like you're actually laughing while also sounding like, you know, this isn't normal to laugh at. Right. You know I mean? Yeah, it's like a, it's a good in between. I, and I think he, he, I agree completely. I think Heath Ledger is the closest one in terms of that laugh. Right. Um, but, but the thing is, I think even in that universe, like the Joker never does like the the Joker laugh. You know what I mean? Like like he Heath Ledger does have some of that, mm-hmm. but it's never the like super high pitch like almost like a witch's laugh yes. you know what i mean like it never gets yeah. there i think it, like it gets the right feeling across but like it doesn't it, it doesn't sound like a clown laugh you know yeah. what i mean like, i think he gets close one time in that movie right. and it's when he's being interrogated and he punches him yeah yeah the, you're right and that's like the closest he comes that's why when i first watched it i was like oh shit that was like the mark hamill laugh. i literally remember thinking that i'd be like oh shit that's like joker like animated series laugh right um, or I mean the video games. And speaking of, that's Arkham what I was about Knight, to say. Yeah, yeah, that's that that was not intended when I put this down. And then I was like, oh yeah, he does the voice in the Arkham games like, mm-hmm. very recently. And um, he reti- He didn't do Origins, and I thought that he had retired after Arkham City. And so when he shows up in this one, I think he's a figment of Batman's imagination the whole time. But when he shows up in this one. In Arkham Knight, I was like, oh, no, they're going to get somebody shitty to replace him. And then after a couple of lines, I was like, oh, oh, shit, let me go to IMDb. I got to make sure. I was like, oh, shit, he's back. Hell yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. He, I don't know what it is. And also, like, Mark Can I, Hamill. Oh, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Mark, Ham- Mark Hamill, to me, seems like the most unlikely star, period. Like, I mean, like, he doesn't fit. Like, I... You would have never had me if I was in 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 charge of casting. He would never have been Luke Skywalker. I don't know that I, <laughs> after he was Luke Skywalker, I'd have been like, I need him as the Joker. Like, I don't I don't know how it happened, but I yeah. think he's just great at it. Yeah, and then um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question to you. Do you mind being well? Avatar spoilers. How averse are you to them? Avatar, the show I'm watching? Yeah. Not a spoiler, uh, but maybe like a surprise. Okay, that that doesn't bother me as long as it's not going to like actually tell me no, anything that's about the story. The the okay, yeah. Go ahead. You know the Fire Lord? Yeah. Voiced by Mark Hamill. What? He's like, he's only said like two lines so far in this show, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even they, notice it was him. I don't think it was him early on, but then, oh, okay. in, you know, by the time that they get, you know, to the culmination. He's, he's, yeah, he's showing up more often and yeah. not just like. And uh, you hear it and you're like, figure. dude, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, did they, did they get my, oh my God, <laughs> shit, yeah, let's go. So get excited because I, I think he, I mean, it's not the Joker voice, but you can tell when it's Mark Hamill. Um, right. But yes, I completely agree. Joker, yes, totally. He, Especially in the games. A, yeah, and that's another one. It's just like he... He is obviously doing the Joker, but like you hear him and you're just like, no, this is the Joker. This is actually the Joker talking. This isn't like Samuel L. Jackson because it's funny or Amy Poehler because she's happy. Yeah. But like this is actually the Joker. <laughs> and and this is another example of what we were talking about before where somebody does so well in a role that they'll put them in 
other stuff, even if the right. universe isn't connected from before, right? I didn't realize that the animated series was only from like 92 to 95. It was like a three-year span is what, mm-hmm. it, what I saw. And they brought him back in like, oh, nine for a video game for Joker. They're like, no, we're yeah. not real. <laughs> they're just like, I mean, like, they're like, and I think um, Batman too, right? Kevin? Yeah, I think so. Con- Kevin Connery. I think, and he, dude, his Batman voice is fucking perfect. He's the perfect Batman <laughs> voice. So they're perfect together. Well, I think in Arkham Knight, he does sound a little old in some parts. I'm like, yeah. this sounds like an old man. Um, but in Arkham City, mwah, perfect. But... <laughs> In I agree, yeah. So they were like, "Well, who can we bring in to voice Joker?" They're like, "We can literally only bring in one person. Like, <laughs> let's just go ahead and do it." It's like yeah. you know, JJ um, Jameson or, or JK Simmons is JJ Jameson. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Who are we gonna bring in for this in Spider Man?" It's like, "Well, why did you even ask this question?" <laughs> exactly. It's like everyone turn your flip, flip your index card, and they all say Mark Hamill, or they all say JK Simmons. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. exactly. So yeah, so that was uh that was those were my two best ones, and your two mm-hmm. best were Jason Lee and Pat Oswalt. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, what is your worst one? My worst one isn't one that sounds bad or is just a bad performance. It is the opposite of being immersed. It is the opposite <laughs> yes. of the of being able to chameleon yourself into the story and have your voice fit the story perfectly. And it is Will Smith as Oscar the Fish in Shark Tale. <laughs> It is Will Smith the whole time. When you when he's talking and he's doing his little fish puns, I'm like, that is Will Smith. There is no way around it. He's got it's just like all his mannerisms are all the same. <laughs> um, and Shark Tale's okay. Like it is just perfectly fine. Like it's yeah, it, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just yeah, it is fine. I think it's like a a gay allegory because he doesn't want to eat meat or something. The the whale <laughs> or the, the shark, and then. Robert De Niro plays like the, the fish gangster, like yeah, yeah. But That's... but yeah. So the it's just Will Smith, like and he and he gives it his all. He's in there hundred percent. But the whole time I'm like, oh look, it's Will Smith's woman. Right. Oh look, and it's Will Smith doing when, f- fish shit. You know what's funny is that now that you say that when when I saw you put that on the list, I was like, mm-hmm. I've only seen that movie like once or twice. Because to me, that's definitely not a movie that's worth going back and rewatching. It's not. It's not. But but I was like, I don't remember him being terrible. But then you opened with like it's not terrible. He's trying. It's not the worst. It's just definitely Will Smith underwater, <laughs> right? Like it is just like they, they 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 dude. There's no way that the story wasn't like oh dude, they're coming out with Finding Nemo. Oh uh, uh let's do let's just get Will Smith. Yeah yeah, and then we'll shape the story around him being the main fish. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, surely his on-screen charisma will translate. Um... <laughs> So yeah, oh that's gosh. a that's a good point. Like it, his isn't terrible, but it's a hundred percent just Will Smith. Yeah, and because I think I think in, in like a performance in a movie, you know, if there's a bad performance, you don't kind of notice until the end, right? Or like before, by then it's too late. You're already too deep. Mm-hmm. But with an uh, a voice actor, you can replace them. I mean, it is harder because they usually do the voices first and then animate them. Right. But you can get somebody to sort of come in and dub it. And right. it might not fit Patchwork perfectly. it in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yes, where I was going with that is that it's hard to get a bad performance animated wise. So that's why I picked this one. Cause I was like, well, it's not a bad performance. It's just one that doesn't fit at, it doesn't fit a story. It's just, here's Will Smith. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, you said it was hard to find a bad, like animated performance, right? Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, let's hear it, yeah. Well, I'm bringing you mine. Do you have any guesses yet? No. Mm-mm. Okay, so I've already talked about this character on the podcast, and he was gone in an episode, and then they brought this dickhead back. They fucking brought him back. I was so mad. It is Crawford Wilson, whoever the fuck that is, the guy that voices Jet in Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> They brought him back. I was so mad. All the only thing I had to say about that episode when I watched it uh-huh, was that uh-huh. Jet talks like this and he's trying to be cool and he actually just sounds like he should be dead. And like <laughs> he never inflects his voice at all. I'm so and- Bro, it was and then I saw him pop up on the screen again. I was like, I know you didn't bring this asshole back. And then dude, and then when you when you mentioned that, I was like, um, um, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, Jed. Yeah, he's he's yeah. He, he's, he's terrible. He's it's terrible. a good thing he's only in this one episode. Yeah. I, what's what's funny is I will say that like in the second season when he reappears, mm-hmm. I don't know if this dude has gotten better at voice acting by the time this rolled around. He's not nearly as bad, and I think it's because he's not trying to be a cool guy anymore. Right. Like, I think right. I think that's the epitome of what failed him, and. It, the thing is, I've heard people do a cool guy voice, and this wasn't even that. Like, it wasn't that he sounded like a dickhead because he was trying to be cool, because that would have fit the character. My yeah. man just put no effort into it. He just read <laughs> his lines, square off the paper, bro, and it was the worst. And then he popped up again, and I was so fucking mad about it, bro. I was like, I swear to God, why? Why did you bring him back? Like, And that's when... I, we finished, we're like hitting these episodes kind of close together because we ended up missing a recording and so we're just trying to get back up to, to where we were at. And mm-hmm. you were like, I was like, I'll pick up a topic. I usually don't pick the topics you do and I just kind of wing it along. And and I do all the back end stuff. But like, I was like, I'm going to pick a topic this time because we're on a short week. I'm going to try and help. And the very right after we said that, after we recorded the last one, I went and watched an episode of Avatar, and it was the first episode this dickhead came back in, mm-hmm. and I was like, we're talking about voice acting. <laughs> He's like, I need to come up with a topic that allows me to curve back into jet hate. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh, God. Like I said, he, he definitely picked it up. It, it He's not trying to be a cool guy at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's it's... I think maybe that's what he failed at. You know what I mean? Maybe he yeah. thought it was coming across as, uh, across as cool, and it was just super, just fucking boring, drab garbage. And, and now he didn't have to do that, so it just came across better. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I, I believe I'm done with his arc. Um, spoiler alert, I, I think he's dead underneath Ba Sing Se. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But uh, that's where I'm at, and, and like it was fine. I wasn't upset he was in there. But I swear to God, the first moment I saw him pop up on screen, dude, yeah. I was ready. And him and Zuko start hanging out for like one half of an episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I swear to God, if this dude's around all the time, I'm going to freak the fuck cast out. Regular, I'm, gonna fucking... <laughs> I'm going to stop watching this show. Um, but yeah, no. Nah. But everything's good. I think he's dead. He didn't harm the show anymore. He, he, the show was <laughs> like, you can't hurt me anymore, Jet. You can't hurt me anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's sh- it's over now. <laughs> but yeah, that was my worst voice acting. Uh, it just, I was so mad when he popped up on the screen. And I was so happy because I was like, I have my topic. I, uh-huh. I contributed. Um, but yeah, that was mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, fuck you, Jet. May he rest in piss. <laughs> he died. I was like, I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> supposed to be emotional. I'm over here fucking just fist pumping. Doing the wave solo in my bedroom in front of the TV. <laughs> it's like that, that clip of the old black lady in the wheelchair. They're interviewing her for like some news story. And she's like, am I supposed to feel sorry for that bitch? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, exactly. Oh. oh, God. But yeah, so that was my worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last thing we're going to talk about today is, yes. is the familiar criminal. Strikes again, possibly. He's back. Yeah, so apparently there has been another jetpack guy at LAX <laughs> flying around at the airport. Yeah, yeah so, so if you guys remember, a couple weeks ago we talked about a guy who was seen, I think a flight was taken off for landing, and he was seen at the distance just flying in a jetpack at LAX. And we talked about, you know, whether we would want a jetpack, like what that would mean. And so it was kind of like a, just a one-off story to talk about jetpacks in general. But this, uh, you know... This week there was news reports. There was another one um, that came out. Um, Apparently, uh, China Airlines crew reported seeing what appeared to be someone in a jetpack at approximately at an approximate altitude of six thousand feet, about six miles northwest of LA. To trust a fucking jetpack, jetpack, dude. It's not known technology unless it's a time traveler. Like, oh, nah, fuck that, bro. It doesn't matter. (laughs) They said, yo. It said that they, the aircraft crew, said the man was approximately 30 yards away from the plane. Not far enough, bro. You're in a jetpack at 6,000 feet. What the fuck are you doing within 30 yards of a fucking airplane, bro? Get out of here. <laughs> what are you doing? 
It's like what we mentioned before. Like, like, dude, you have the whole world to fly. You're flying next to where the technology is to find you. <laughs> this is the one place in the world where they see everything that's they in the sky. They see everything in the air. Like, this is where I'm going to be. Like, exactly. Also, the most traffic. This is the most dangerous it can get, bro. <laughs> exactly. There's planes and shit everywhere. You're not at PTI in Greensboro, man. You're at fucking LA. <laughs> <laughs> oh god how much would is there any amount of money that would be like you have to go 6,000 feet in the sky within 30 yards of an airplane and a jetpack this is the amount of money you get he, he must have lost his fantasy football <laughs> yeah, that's that's the punishment <laughs> flying a jetpack get hit by a plane commit You're a like, federal <laughs> crime <laughs> oh man and then first place gets like 100, 100 bucks yeah Oh God, I just I don't I didn't know jetpacks were that advanced to They're be six thousand like, feet I, in the air. At LAX. I really don't think that, that's why it's so interesting that I don't think they like that's why it's so interesting because I think if it was like oh we see a drone then you're like okay some assholes flying a drone because those are pretty widely available right but I don't know if jetpacks are available like that and if they are. <laughs> Are they that good? Are they, is he trying to pull like a Joker here, where he's trying to get caught? Like you know, like <laughs> like what is? It might not even be the same guy. Maybe it's time traveler <laughs> warning us about you know November third. Like what? What, <laughs> what is this? It's a shitty way to remind someone. Just <laughs> like I'm from the future after warning them, but you just fly up at LAX. Just super <laughs> close to LAX. You just fly within thirty yards of a plane. You're like, hey, and you just drop back down. <laughs> Oh, God. Yo, about 10 minutes later, another plane spotted him, and now the FBI is investigating. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Whew. Yeah, the man, FBI shows that after the plane... Ex- this... Go ahead. I was going to say, you have the suit in your living room, and they're like, what's that, sir? <laughs> like, nothing, nothing. Um, <laughs> after the plane acknowledged the instruction, the controller concluded with, only in L.A. What the fuck does that mean, bro? <laughs> What do you mean, only in L.A.? Dude, no. only nowhere. There's nowhere where <laughs> people on fucking jetpacks should be flying around. You know that classic L.A. story? You know, model, actor, jetpack enthusiast. It's all there. <laughs> this is checking all the boxes for my L.A. story. You mm-hmm. know Hollywood, a dude gets hit at 6,000 feet by an airplane while he's on a fucking jetpack? It's like, no, I don't, Hollywood. This yeah. sounds like it's from a fucking movie. That's just a Tuesday, man. <laughs> What? It's L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Well, yeah, that's going to be the episode for this week. Um, uh, If you want to catch me on social media, you can catch me at T-Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. And if you want to catch the podcast directly, it's at uh, DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email us directly at DifferentAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. See you guys. Peace. Oh, 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 oh. Yep. So for my Kanye quote, um, since this is episode 24, my Kanye quote is just going to be trying to get that Kobe number one over Jordan. Are you sure you don't want to make it the FOMO line? FOMO! (laughs) Finished episode 20 now. I'm fucking, fucking, fucking like I'm trying to get. Momo! <laughs> <laughs>